Hi, and welcome to Pure Food for Thought. I'm Phoebe of Phoebe's Pure Food, and I'm so glad you joined us today. I have a very special guest with us. Um, I've known her for a few years now. I have Dr. Aparna Mealy. Um, she's a <laughs> digestive disease associates, and she's my gastroenterologist. <laughs> yeah, so there's a little personal information. Um, I trust her, and I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so honored to be here, Phoebe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm curious to know, um, what is it that you're hoping people learn from your story today? Well, I think that comes, the answer to that comes from how I'm speaking. Am I speaking as a person or am I speaking as a doctor? Mm -hmm. And I guess the two are inter intertwined um, because what I practice and preach to my patients is what I practice and preach in my own life. Um, and as I thought about this question ahead of time, um, there's two sort of main thoughts I, I hope to get across. Um, one is um, health and longevity um, is definitely a personal responsibility. Um, we can't help the cards we were given. We can't help the circumstances and the genetics and even access to medical care. But there is one thing we do have control over, and it's our bodies. And the more personal responsibility we as an individual take um, towards our own health, the, the, the longer we can um, see to our success um, despite those other factors. Um, the second message I want to get across is the complexity of our relationship as people with food. Mm -hmm. um, and food is a um, is a wonderful thing. It is obviously our sustenance. Um, it is an important, um, my goodness, it's one of the most important human experiences one can have. It's a communal thing. There's so many, there's so much societal um, and individual importance on food, but um, food has to be respected not just for food, but for um, its impact on the body as well. And so we have to appreciate food in the setting of our own bodies. Um, so I think these are the two messages I want to get across. Is this something, okay, because you're talking about health and wellness mm -hmm. um, and respecting food and taking control over how the two kind of meet. That's correct. Yeah. In your own body. That's and not right. making excuses. Mm -hmm. Although you can only do so much in terms of genetics, That's right. right? You only have so much control. How, how did that happen for you as a young person? Because mm. food is like culture, food is mm -hmm. family, and you how do you how did you learn this in your youth i mean i'm going to guess that well i have to take it way back so mm -hmm. i apologize for the tediousness of my history <laughs> um but i was born in a very privileged life i have two physicians for parents and i have never uh you know, had any 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 needs or wants that have not been met. Um, and in fact, I was so privileged that um, when I was in high school, I kind of felt bad. I kind of felt, gosh, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. And uh, there are a lot of people less fortunate than I am. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that tremendously because my parents are from India. And so I'm of Indian descent, but I was born and raised here. And my own experience growing up was far different than that of my parents who mm -hmm. lived in general poverty. The nice thing, the smart thing that my parents did for me is since I was young, they've been taking me to India to visit. And there's tremendous visual messaging when you go to India because there's all kinds of people there. There are people who are well-dressed and walking around with plenty, and then there are those people who are, who are struggling to survive on the street. And to have that visual at an early age made me appreciate um, um, food, in general, mm -hmm. because I had an experience as a child where a child about my age was pulling on my dress, and my dress was sewed together and looked nice and was probably some designer dress, mm -hmm. and this little girl had a tattered dress, and um, she, she I didn't speak the language, and, and she put her hand out, and I asked my dad, what is it she wants? 
and she basically wanted food or mm-hmm. money, um, and I was eating something, and I think she wanted a piece of what I was eating. Mm-hmm. And I remember giving it to her and how she, she treasured it as if it was a piece of gold, as if it was the most amazing thing. And I realized how some of us take food for granted and others die for a piece. And so that message carried with me when I was in high school. So I made a lot of money one summer. And I decided that I was going to donate that money somewhere um, as a feel-good thing. So um, Mother Teresa, who um, has an enormous presence in India and spent a lot of her many years of her life doing missionary work there, um, and who is basically not larger than life when you go to India. She's actually one of the people there. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote her a letter when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and I said, listen, I have a lot of money to give. Can I just send it your way? And the most life-altering thing happened. She wrote to me, and she said, the best way to help is with your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up going to India, and I ended up doing missionary work with her for three wow. years in okay. the summer mm-hmm. in between school. And it was a life-altering um, situation for me because to see a person who wasn't even part of that culture, to go there and to spend so much of her life and dedicate her life to helping others, it's basically why I'm a doctor. And okay. because I came to medicine with that mentality, um, I realized in my career I want to do a lot more than just take care of people and go home at the end of the day. Okay. That was so much wonderful information. <laughs> I could just let you talk all day and I would listen, I think. Um I think what's fascinating first is that when you went over um, to visit that you talked about the visual um, and what you saw and it sounds and I'm just expecting um, when you come to um, certain areas in the United States and it's visual it's usually like Times Square right and it's all commercial yes um, eat this buy this Mm -hmm. Um, but there it's literally Hand to mouth. Yes. It is. Mm -hmm. It's very much hand to mouth. And you realize quickly, even my own family, I have tons of extended family there, and they have this process in India called load shedding where there's not enough electricity to light the whole country. Mm -hmm. So they share it. So one region gets it first, and then bye-bye electricity, and it goes somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And to be visiting this rich American girl, going to visit my own people, Mm -hmm. um, and then to be like, oh, my gosh, we just sit in the dark now for a day because there's no electricity. I guess I'll say, you know, even though I lived a life of privilege, because my parents um, indoctrinated me in that culture early in life, those visuals and those memories I have in childhood basically guide the way I live my life today. Mm -hmm. To this day, I have two small children. I don't let them leave a crumb on their plate. If they can't finish their food, it gets wrapped up till the next day. Food should be respected, and Mm -hmm. I've learned that at an early age because of these type of experiences. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like um, not only did you, um, in your youth, you raised money and you saved money from whatever the project was over the summer, Mm -hmm. but when... I mean, it, it is life-altering when Mother Teresa says your hands could do more good than your money, that you didn't just let that sink in. You actually moved that into... That's right. And I came created to Created something. Right. And I, I was sort of looking at her more as a human being. A lot right. of people uh, recognize Mother Teresa more from a religious perspective. Right. I don't even share her religion. Right. So for me, the, the beauty of her as a human being was this Romanian woman who also had a life of wealth, who shed everything in the name of God or religion or physical duty or moral duty to go to another impoverished place and to spend her life giving to those people. Mm-hmm. And I saw that, you know, 
most of us will never touch a hair on her head or, or remotely come close. But I think the point and the thing that she taught me in the three years I've know, I knew her, and I knew her well, um, she, she was like a mentor to me, really, mm-hmm. um, was that uh, was that you don't have to be, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how big of an impact you make or how small of one. Um, the important thing is that you understand that um, your life is not just about you, but it's about the people around you, and not just the people related to you, but about every person out there. Mm-hmm. And so whatever way you can make a difference in your community, whether that's you know nationally, internationally, or in your own neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, you should take advantage of it mm-hmm. because it fulfills you as a person. And then you kind of see a larger message in, to, to life itself than, than just making a living and coming right. home. Exactly. But you, your parents gave you that gift. They did. Um, and when you say physicians, you were a child of two physicians, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to eat well, right? That's because right. That's um, convenient right. food sometimes doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for your body. Yep. But they gave you the gift of both, it sounds like. Well, not really, because um, we eat well. We definitely mm-hmm. ate well. But I'll be honest, I was so busy studying and taking care of myself that I didn't always pay attention to my dietary choices. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the healthiest teenager in the world. Oh, okay. It was all about <laughs> convenient food. Yeah. Okay. My parents, who didn't get to enjoy fast food, really love. my mother loved McDonald's. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> she just uh-huh. loved it. She's a doctor, but every day after school, we'd go to McDonald's and grab a hamburger and you know, I definitely packed on the pounds in, in, in high school, and I don't think I appreciated sort of health until I started college and a doctor told me, you better be careful, you have family disease, family um, history of heart disease, diabetes, um, you you better watch yourself or you're going to go down a wrong, unhealthy path. Right. That was the first time someone pointed out that my, you know... Um, pleasantly plump um, figure was actually (laughs) um, a health detriment to me long term I didn't look at myself that way until a doctor told me that and and most and I'm thankful that your doctor shared that with you Mm -hmm. um, because it's a perspective that most people don't hear when they go into the doctor's office that's right we have to take a quick break Um, you don't want to grab cookies and milk unless it's (laughs) almond milk maybe and (laughs) healthy cookies (laughs) but when we come back I do want to talk more about um, your connection with your family and what you're teaching your children and how you move um, or you make decisions now to educate and help people regionally sounds perfect I look forward to it okay (laughs) thanks this story is brought to you by careers in two years consider the possibilities of a career within the technical field with training you can begin earning in two years or less and be ready for one of the 47 million job openings that will be created in the next six years careers in technology are affordable hands-on and allow you to start a promising career early in life check out careers in two years.com for more information Hi, and welcome back to Pure Food for Thought. I'm Phoebe with Phoebe's Pure Food, and I'm here with Dr. Aparna Muley. Hello. And we were just talking about um, all of your experiences in travel growing up, um, what's inspired you to share a message that relates to wellness, taking control over your own wellness, empowering people, and encouraging people to build a relationship of respect with food, right? That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you share that with your family? Because I think a lot of that starts at home. And, yes. And how do you want to share that with the rest of, like, our area in Berks County and 
I think even a bit beyond. Well, to be honest, you know, my patients are like my family, too. Mm -hmm. I spend so much of my day in my life with my patients that uh, I sort of treat them the way I do treat my family. Um, to be honest, the, the, the clarity of my message came forth recently when I lost a dear friend um, who literally died in the middle of a sentence. Um, he had a oh. massive heart attack. He was a doctor in town. He um, was a picture of health. He was six foot three, a swimmer, and a handsome guy, um, but literally dropped dead in the middle of a sentence of a massive heart attack. And that was my first experience with death that close to me. And it made me realize that um, our society in general puts a lot of pressure um, on metrics and the visual beauty of a person. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're thin. Therefore, you're healthy. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I realized that your outside beauty is just a small function of what your inside is. Your beauty really has to come from the inside. I mean that lit literally and figuratively. Um, and you could look as great as you wish on the outside, um, but you could be um, a ticking time bomb within. And because I'm a digestive doctor, I focus a great deal on nutrition and taking stock of how we eat mm -hmm. and what we put in our body um, because your inner health um, really determines the rest. Um, and so I make that clear to my patients, stop focusing on how much you weigh. I tell that to my children as well. Everyone wants to look good and that's great, but if you're not good on the inside, you won't be around to look good on the outside. Exactly. Yeah. So getting back to your question then about how I handle this at home, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we have a great, tremendous respect for food. Um, there was one day, and it was the only time that happened, that my five-year-old and seven-year-old decided to play with food, and they were throwing it at each other. Oh. And I sat with them, and I had a very long conversation about the importance of respecting food. I don't want you to think we don't have a good time. We do. Mm -hmm. But I think the key is, is um, food is important, and every piece that you have on your plate is something that someone else didn't get to have. And so I like, I, I like us to take a great deal of time to enjoy what we're eating. Um, I'm very uh, careful at home to create a variety of um, tastes mm -hmm. um, and to do sampling um, of different kinds of foods so you can see the way they interplay with one another. Um, do you we grow are, your own? Beg your pardon? Do you grow your own we, food? We do. We grow uh -huh. our own, um, our own food. Um, I'm not a vegetarian. Uh -huh. I eat everything, but um, we we definitely eat from the ground, and it's so edifying and, 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 and fulfilling to show a child that, listen, your hands that you took to make this the zucchini you're now eating and enjoying. Right. And and not only do they grow it, but then we also cook it together. Mm -hmm. So they appreciate the whole process from earth to plate mm -hmm. um, on on how that food got there. Um, we I definitely emphasize both to my patients and to my family the importance of eating small, frequent meals. To be honest, um, I'm going to speak a little medically now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, a lot of patient, a lot of people focus on on eating healthy and maybe you no know, no carbs, low carbs, avoiding this food group. I'm not big as a doctor on avoiding food groups. Um, mm -hmm. All the food groups have a role and are important, um, as long as you don't call tasty cake a food group. Right. But <laughs> but um, the the key is a, it's a volume issue. Right. Um, if you look at other countries and you just go to a restaurant, you'll see that the serving sizes of their meals are far smaller than the meals we serve here in America. America, it's all about supersized. Mm -hmm. um, and you go to these large-scale grocery stores, and the chicken 
breasts are, are tremendous in size. They're almost an unnatural size because of the hormones right. that are used. And, um, and everything has to be supersized. Somehow it's this need to get the most for your money. But um, the most for your money is keeping your belly full and um, not being unhealthy as a, as a side effect. Um, and so I try to tell my patients and my children that um, it, it's sort of about the volume, uh, it's a volume control issue. Mm -hmm. The stomach is a muscular bag, so it accommodates the size of your meal. If you have three meals a day, let's say, and uh, most of us Americans work hard all day and then get our big meal at night, um, your stomach stretches to accommodate that meal. But look, it's hanging out at this size. Mm -hmm. That means you need that much in there to feel full. But if you eat smaller meals every two to three hours, look, your stomach shrinks to accommodate the smaller meal. Now it's hanging out at this size. That means you only need this much in there to feel full. It's virtually impossible to overeat when you eat every two hours. Mm -hmm. um, it also it gives, provides a steady stream of nutrients into the gut. It improves metabolism, and it's a wonderful way to keep your weight in control as well. So. I think this is very fascinating. Oh, and I, um, <laughs> you, you came and spoke at a potluck that I did, mm -hmm. which was probably my most favorite potluck because you went through so much information. I think you're so passionate about um, that connection with food and um, I am. wellness from the inside out. I am, so, yes. And I, I try to tell people that, you know, stop, if you stop worrying about the visual and start changing your behaviors and your lifestyles, the visual will come later. Right. Um, you will live longer if mm -hmm. you if you exercise three days a week. Mm -hmm. You will live longer if you um, eat a high-fiber diet. And so those things are important no matter what size you carry. Right. So I, I think that's the sort of the message I really want to get across to the patients and the good people of Berks County where mm -hmm. I where I serve is um, is stop stop sensationalizing what you look like and your dress size and start taking stock of what you're eating and how much you're putting in at a given time mm -hmm. and be respectful of food enjoy it please don't think I don't enjoy it I drink yeah. alcohol <laughs> I like sweets too um, but it's uh, it's about moderation yeah. and even though that's a very trite phrase goodness is it true mm -hmm. it is true and wonderful things can be enjoyed in small packages exactly. even buffets uh -huh. if you oh. eat one plate mm -hmm. and you're full guess what you got your money's worth right that's you don't true. have to eat six times to get your money's worth. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell that to a tourist that comes in, I guess, <laughs> from another area because you know they love our yes, buffets. They do. But, yes, they um, do. How, what do you, you're involved in a lot of projects. Mm -hmm. um, and one project that's yours um, is the. It's coming up in October. Yes, I want it you to is. Tell me yeah, about I'll it tell you about it. Yes, I started a nonprofit. Um, it's called My Gut Instinct, mm -hmm. and basically, um, the the purpose of my nonprofit over time will be to basically engage throughout the year in different wellness type of programs to improve the health of Berks County. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it just came out about a year ago that Reading is the ninth most obese city in the United States. Oh, I found uh -huh. that shocking um, and terrible. And as a digestive and nutritional doctor, I really wanted to do something. Mother Teresa style yeah. to uh, mm -hmm. to fix um, the world around me and do more than make a living and this was my, my this is my response or local response was to open this nonprofit and I'm having Berks County's first annual and hopefully traditional um, wellness fair it's called Guts and Glory mm -hmm. um, it's at the First Energy Stadium on October fourth which is a Saturday mm -hmm. it's meant to be a really wide scale interactive educational event for all ages that incorporates um, all the senses. Um, and both active and passive learning. There'll be everything from informational booths 
to um, live lecture series from experts, um, live cooking demonstrations. Uh -huh. Thanks to Phoebe. <laughs> um, but you're doing group you're fitness movement. presentations. Yeah, There's movement. I have. Um, Latin jazz and salsa oh, dancing because okay. guess what? Salsa is exercise. Mm -hmm. um, I have a crawl through exhibit of a human colon so this people can understand disease on the inside mm -hmm. and maybe it will prompt um, higher screening rates in, in town right. since colon cancer is a the second cancer killer in the United States. Um, there'll be music, there'll be food, mm -hmm. and it's not meant to be a scolding, but more of a quiet education that health and wellness can be fun, and you can incorporate it in several ways. Um, the largest thing I hope to accomplish is, is when people leave, that they want to do one systems change to make themselves better. So I have a huge pledge wall as you go oh, through good. where people can write down one thing they're going right. to do. I'm going to eat more fiber. I'm going to get a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to go to buffets. I'm going <laughs> to exercise one day a week. Any mm -hmm. small change you make can um, can add to your longevity. Okay. And people yeah. will sign their names to this pledge. That's right. Okay. That's. I think that's a great idea. It's a way to make it very real I for people. I hope it'll be very successful. Okay. I spent a lot of time on it. I hope so, too. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I'm excited that you are so passionate, but you're not just passionate in speaking it. You're, you're actually moving, like you said, into action, which yes. I think is really important. Absolutely. So I hope we, I hope you fill the house. I hope it's packed. I hope so too. Um, and that's October 4th. Mm -hmm. So please thank come you. out. Yes, please do come out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, and it's free for the community. You have yeah. nothing to lose. Um, yeah. I hope what people um, take away from your story today then is um, to build a relationship that's different with food instead of something that's that you hurry to eat. Mm -hmm. That it's something that you create a relationship with. Um, Enjoy with your family. It. Enjoy the taste. Yes. And there's always a story that goes along with a meal, yes. and it should be prepared with family at home, mm -hmm. and. Be that, respectful of food's impact on your body. Yes. Enjoy it in small packages. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it deeply and fully. But you don't have to oversize it or right. overdo it to enjoy food. I think that's perfect. I think that's well said just like that. <laughs> thank you. So thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. And I think you should check into the podcast. Um, Dr. Parnamili is going to be a guest in the podcast. And that'll be fun, too, I think. Yeah, we'll go and we'll talk into it. more detail about colons and healthy eating. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining us and we'll catch you in the next episode.